0: Welcome to another episode of East Screen, West Screen. It is Wednesday, March 21st, 2012, and this is episode 103. This is the show where we talk about film from Hong Kong to Hollywood and lots of stuff in between. As usual, I'm your host, Paul Fox, and joining me from his secret location here in the Fragrant Harbor is Mr. Kevin Ma.
1: Hello, everybody. Hello, Paul. How, how are you doing this week?
0: Um, Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's been a busy weekend between, oh, yeah. between what, what, you know... Uh, Starting on friday um I had a bunch of stuff to do. You had a bunch of stuff to do, and it's kind of been nonstop and in between all of that, we've had two uh chief executive debates that have prompted lots of humor and 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 lots of newsworthy material to make fun of. I can't wait to s- till some of this stuff starts boiling boiling over into cinema yes. uh isn't, I think... isn't
1: that this weekend the the, the election
0: uh
1: 24 for yeah, it's right? it's
0: it's pretty yeah. soon. It's pretty soon. Yeah, uh, but basically they had you know their version of the debates on Friday and they had another one Monday. And the only thing I'll say about them is that they both preempted the TVB drama I'm currently watching, so I was very angry. <laughs> they took away my Fala Chen. Ah, curse you, government! No, Um you, <laughs> <W>. Lee <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's in. He's he's one of the voting members, so I'm sure he's involved somehow, right? <laughs> and he said he's actually come out in support of uh, Mr. Tang, if I read the Yes, they, they
1: they shoved the camera in front of his face at 7.30 in the morning and went, who do you support? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, there's there's all this political hubbub going on, but there's been a lot of other stuff going on related to the film industry. And we're going to talk about some of that in news. Uh, of course, we've got some movies to talk about as well this week. What films are we going to talk about?
1: Uh, for e-screen, we will be talking about the new Wanjing film, Marrying Mr. Perfect. Uh, which is far from perfect, Uh, and the Japanese film Love Strikes. Uh, For West Screen, Paul, you'll be talking about the HBO film Game Change.
0: That's right. All that and much more coming up right after a little bit of news. All right, so before we get started, just throwing a quick shout out to the chat room, uh, some of our regular friends in there like Kenneth and, and Hong Kong Dave, maybe some others will be stopping by too um just happy to see you guys there hope you guys are having a good sort of middle of the week hump day as it were yes Um, uh,
1: hi guys and keep it clean keep it clean i'm watching you (laughs) you (laughs) of no No,
0: no. (laughs) kevin's the monitor right yeah i'm the the
1: worst worst possible monitor for foul language up in this place (laughs)
0: um so we've got some news to talk about this week not real sort of uh newsworthy news i guess but some stuff related to asian film we've had the asian film awards that happened earlier this week, and you were there.
1: Yes, yes, I was there. So and tell us all
0: had... about it. I mean, were you sitting next to Andy Lau? Did you get to uh, reach out and touch Deenie Yip? I mean, uh... no.
1: Actually, this is not the closest I've been to Andy Lau. I was closer to Andy Lau the following day, when I, uh, when I was at the um, at Film Mart. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I attended both the the media events, essentially press junkets, where where certain nominees and winners uh, came and did uh, very. Kind of intimate group interviews, uh, actually, in, in a very small hotel um, hotel suite. But I was, and, and I also attended the awards and red carpet and uh, all of that. Um, this is the sixth edition of the Asian Film Awards. Uh, it is um, held by the Hong Kong, Hong Kong International Film Festival Society. Um, and this year, uh, the Iranian film, A Separation, was the big winner. Uh, have you seen A Separation yet, Paul? I have not. It is a great, great film. I saw it last year. It is playing in Hong Kong now and has been sweeping the awards across the world, including the Oscars for Best Foreign Film. It won four awards, including Best Editing, um, Best, Best Screenplay, Best uh, Director, and also Best Film. So three of those are, you know, major awards. Um Flowers Award, the Zhang Yimou came up short, only winning Best Newcomer for Nini, who is the the girl who plays the um the main essentially the main prostitute in that big group of prostitute in the film, if you remember. Um, Wu Sha, Peter Chan's film, won three technical awards and actually was the second biggest um, award winner of the night. Um, Flying Swords of Dragon Gate also came up short with the major awards, uh, only picking up two technical awards. Um, Best actress, like I, I mean could anyone really expect any other person? It's Dini Yip for A Simple Life picked up Best Actress, uh, which I guess adds to our total to, I don't know, 20,000 awards now um, for, for Actress. It's
0: still not going to be Infernal Affairs.
1: Yeah, it still won't be Infernal <laughs> Affairs. We know that. Yeah, because, you know, that has that has two Best Actor material yeah. in there. Uh, but everyone, actually, the Hong Kong crowd was very, very hyped about Andy Lau winning Best Actor. But uh, Donnie Damara Mara uh, from Indonesia won for *A Lovely Man. Uh, he plays uh, a transvestite prostitute who meets his uh, exchanged daughter, which sounds like a great award bait role. He won Best Actor. And when he won, actually, there was a, a huge, how do I say, like air of disappointment. It was like you almost hear the ah among the audience. <laughs> Because actually, Andy Lau won the People's Choice uh, My Favorite Actor Award earlier in the night. And he did this really great, you know, he did this Andy thing on the stage and he made jokes because he was up there with the People's Choice Award um, My Favorite Actress winner, uh, Eugene Domingo, who is from the Philippines. And she was super excited. She took her iPhone and, and snapped a picture of Andy Lau and she asked everyone to tweet it. She said, everybody tweet this over Mr. Andy Lau. Oh my God, it's so great. Uh, she joked about how she, she actually got... Her fellow Philippines Filipinos uh, who are really good at texting to to get me to get Andy Lau to win the my favorite favorite huh. actor award, um, and so she was great and she was really excited. Andy Lau was great on stage and he was really he was really charismatic and he was just presenting right before that. So when when he didn't win, it was just like oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, what else have and I talked about? Uh, best newcomer Nini. Um, best supporting actor went to Lawrence Co. for Jump Ashin. Uh, he plays the junkie friend. Friend of the, the main character, uh, another great performance. Uh, best Supporting Actress went to um, Shemaine Camino from the Philippines. So a very good, a, a kind of diverse um, list of winners uh, from across Asia. You have Iran, who um, apparently many don't consider to be part of Asia, uh, including Iranians. Um, from the Philippines, the, uh, Indonesia, of course, Hong Kong, and then um, actually Japan and Korea are sorely missing. From this list hmm. um, considering they they are actually quite um they have they do have a heavy presence in the nomination list uh, but i don't know paul have you actually seen any of these movies i mean i haven't seen the southeast asian movies but i've seen you've seen a simple life
0: of yes course. yeah
1: um and you've seen flowers of war uh not yet okay yeah. and you saw uh you didn't see a separation but you saw a simple life so i mean yeah. and i'm wuxia. sure you yeah and wuxia um I mean, what what do you think any any thoughts about the uh the winners
0: um, well, I mean, I think it's, uh, the, especially the simple live wins were kind of expected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I, it's always nice to see some upsets and give some, give some credit to some people that are sort of outside the, uh, the, the expected wins, you know, maybe that'll get some people out there and, and get some of these other films, some more playtime in Hong Kong. Uh, but I don't know. Do you think, do you think, uh, some of these Southeast Asian films will get any play here now?
1: Um... It's hard to say. I mean, the thing is, not many people follow the Asian Film Awards. Um, it is still, it's still not broadcast live in anywhere anywhere in Asia. And thank God for that because this year the show started off forty started forty five minutes late.
0: Hmm. The
1: arrangement was a mess, but you know apparently that happens every year. At some points, the announcer didn't even know who the presenters are. I tweeted that at eight ten the show was supposed to start at eight, but at eight ten. The PR girl, uh, the PR people came and tell us, you know, when we can take video, when we can't. And we asked them when, well, OK, when is that point? And they didn't even have to run down the show. <laughs> Ten minutes after it's supposed to start. Uh, so it, it was a huge mess. Um, and it's still not very. Um, and, of course, many because you have the level of logistics and the level of, you know, arrangements you have to do. Many people still I mean, international guests still can't make it uh, to the awards. So it is still a, a, a bit far away from, you know, being a truly, truly, you know, Asia-wide respected awards. But it is it is uh, very admirable that they keep trying every year. Yes. I just hope that, you know, someday it will get the recognition and, you know, and people will recognize that, you know, Asian Asian film is a very diverse um, it will show that the Asian films is very diverse and that we make really really great work um, and yeah I, I only hope you know the best for the awards
0: mm. yeah um, alright yeah <laughs> so
1: uh, <laughs> until next year yeah, yeah until un- they screw up again next year
0: until um, next year um, alright well uh, it, speaking of awards I mean we can go on to talk a little bit about our the you know the top 80s film poll that's going on and, and maybe uh, discuss a little bit about the H- Love Hong Kong Film Awards as well, even though those haven't been released as yet. Um, Where did we leave off last week? I think though? we left off at 60 last time or uh, did we get down to 40? I don't remember.
1: Oh, no, not um, yet maybe. maybe
0: but maybe basically maybe. the list has been released now down to uh, number 11 and so we're still waiting for uh, the bottom 10 as it were, or the top 10 as you might say. Um, so any any thoughts on the the uh, the the list so far. Um,
1: I finally see movies I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about I've seen. I'm talking about I know. I yeah. haven't seen. I uh, oh my god, here we go. Okay, you're gonna fire me. I have not seen a Better Tomorrow too. What? What? Um, Zoo Zoo Warrior from Magic Mountain. That's on my top ten list. So yes, mm, yeah, I, I voted for that. I know about that. Prison on Fire. I think I didn't put it on the list, but of course I've seen it. Yeah. Um. Wheels on Meals, I have not seen. Actually, for the longest time, I always called it Meals on, me- meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Police Story 2, of course, great. Particles, Particle Sun, not seen. Uh, Law of the Law. I have the DVD of Law, Law of the Law. Um, but I think yeah, it, it's quite interesting about the ties. I mean, it's all... At this point, it's Jackie Chan, Samuel Hong, and Yuan Biao um, uh, tied for yeah. a number of films. Um, but uh, like Kozo Ro- uh, wrote in the other entry, there are some real ace cards that chow and hasn't pulled out yet yeah so we we know which yeah and and of course jackie chan still has a few as well uh trey even trey hark has a few that hasn't pulled out yet so it'll it'll be very interesting to see what what makes it a top 10 and uh, i think we pretty much know what is going to make the top 10 uh but we just we're just wondering which how how they ordered i mean i i predict okay okay I don't know anything about the top 10 because I haven't seen Ross work on that, that part of the, of the, of the the depot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, usually I find out certain picks because he's working on it in the office during lunchtime, during lunchtime, <laughs> not during work hours. Um, so I see some of the picks, uh, but okay, Paul, so what do you, what do you predict right now as number one?
0: Well, um, number one, I don't know. Uh, as I look at the, the stuff in my list that hasn't made it, uh, throughout a couple titles i've got a chinese ghost story i've mm. got uh a god of gamblers
1: god uh, it. has it made it yet i don't,
0: I don't think remember. so okay if it did that i is, missed uh, it yeah i wasn't sure either uh, okay what, what 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 i would love for him to do is to actually put out just a single list of titles with no like pictures and 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 commentary do it at the very end. Yeah, in. so I can see the whole list. because um, sometimes I I I might I I might miss something accidentally as I'm reading through uh some of the articles. Um so yeah, Chinese Ghost Story, God of Gamblers, Family Light Affair. I don't know if that one's gonna make it in. Uh Peaking Opera Blues mm-hmm. and uh, Let's Make Laugh. I don't think that'll make it in. Kenny V again. Nah it's two is <laughs> too local, maybe. Not not not. So. Uh hundred Ways to Murder Your Wife and uh Okay, that hasn't
1: made it. Yeah, you're right.
0: Okay. Uh, Emperor Qianlong and the Beauty. I don't think that's getting in. Nah. And Heart to Hearts. Don't, also, don't think that's getting in.
1: Okay, so so you predict. Okay, one one top film. One top predict, film. One, uh, the number one top film that you predict will be. Wow.
0: Uh, my number one, uh, I'll reveal that now, uh, is Chinese Ghost Story. Ooh. So I'm thinking that that might be it. Though I could see it going to God of Gamblers or Peking Opera Blues, really depending on the, you know, the uh, the way the voting goes.
1: I'm 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 surprised you haven't mentioned uh, one, two, two obvious
0: picks. Um, what that would be better tomorrow.
1: Uh-huh. And, uh huh, and and Police Story one. Um, yeah, Kenneth met, Kenneth yeah. Police Story, um. Dave, Hong Kong Dave says, as long as A Bear Tomorrow is a number one, I'm guessing A Bear Tomorrow. It, it's too big. It, it's so well-liked among both locals. You, see, and, I, as well as you the know, I don't know. Again, I, you know.
0: That's like one of my least favorite Chow Yun-Fat films. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'll be Why? honest. I mean, e- e- even in the series, I, w- I prefer three. Really? Um, part, mostly because it's got Anita moy in it. But mm-hmm. I just... It, I I mean... But actually, you know, Chalion Fat's Chalion Fat's fans fans got, fans. got that very classic scene, but he's not really in the film all that much. It's more about uh, some of the other characters. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just it it's never really captured my attention all that much. Um, mm.
1: But actually, that's my that's my number one. Mm. <laughs> but
0: because it it no, it's it understandable. Is, you're right. It is it is definitely. Um,
1: it is one of those films that is not like only f- like martial arts fans like or yeah. only action fans like. It is. I mean I saw this movie last year and it still gets audience reactions and I'm sure those guy, those people have seen it like 10 20 times and I've seen it like you know 5 10 times and everyone is still with it it w- it was surprising how well it has worked on like an uh, on audiences
0: yeah
1: um and I think police story um uh might be behind it Matthew Matthew uh Matthew predicts the killer actually those are my top three big possibilities mm. I think cuz John Woo Chan-wad you know what happened. Autumn. I'm surprised Autumn's, Autumn's tail hasn't shown up yet as well. Yeah, actually,
0: um, I thought it would
1: be lower, but I, it is ranking surprisingly high. Um, it was always a film that I think better appreciated uh, here in Hong Kong than than abroad. Um, but yeah, I I predict because well, it's my number one, so I predict a better tomorrow.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. The killer. I forgot about that one. That that one's probably a shoe in too. Mm. Um, of
1: course, opera. Uh, Picking opera blues. It hasn't shown up yet, so it has to be.
0: Yeah, that that one, that, I think, Chinese Ghost Story, God of Gamblers are probably, yeah. of the ones that haven't gone there in my top 10, that that haven't shown up yet, I think those are probably in there. Family Light Affair, I don't know, that might be too, too arty, that may not show up. Mm. I may be the only one who picked that one, uh, but I think that's a very important film. Mm. Uh, What's one of the guys in the chat room talking about?
1: They're, they're also talking about the picks. Uh, uh, Ken, um, Hong Kong Dave does not. Hong Kong Dave only put a Better Tomorrow is yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah, he says
0: that uh, Better Tomorrow hasn't aged that well. I agree. Um, yeah. I don't think it's aged well at all. But that's just me.
1: But well, you know what, Kenneth? I, I, I'm surprised that um, he says that Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin. He asked whether Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer has shown up yet. I am also surprised that Infernal Affairs has not shown up.
0: Well, Infernal Affairs <laughs> is going to be movie zero. You know, yes. you know how you have a patient zero? That's sort of the root of all things. <laughs> Infernal Affairs is going to be movie zero. So, yes. um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, a couple of the ones I wanted to point out uh, as we went down the list. Uh, faves of Mine. Uh, 30, where is it? 34, no, 33. Spooky Encounters shows up, mm-hmm. um, which was um, my number 17 uh thirty two my young auntie probably my favorite Lao Kalong film of all all time was my number eleven uh
1: dangerous encounter first kind thirty five I voted for that as well yeah um see. a great uh a really um radical type of troy hark film you don't kind of see this kind of nihilism this kind of really seriously dark stuff anymore from yeah. Troy hark or ever actually after that movie um so i am I surprised at that because of how rare it is.
0: All about all along is one of my favorite Chai and Fat movies. Um, that didn't make my top twenty, but it was in my top thirty at number twenty-four. On the uh, run
1: on thirty-one. I'm surprised it ranked that high. I mean, it's a, it's a good film. I finally saw it last year for the right. first time, but I'm surprised there were two first place votes. I didn't know it was this well liked.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see uh, miracles, or as I as I knew it when it showed up in in the cinema I was at, it was called Mister Canton and Lady Rose. Um I don't know what was up with that, that that the naming of that movie it was weird. Um but that was it came in at 22 that was my number 13. Zoo Warriors like from the Magic Mountain number 14. That was awesome. That was number 5 for uh, me I think. That was number 3 for me so it's, it's I thought crazy, that would I thought yeah. that would have gotten in the top 10 for sure. I uh, think it
1: it is almost too exhausting to to and it is um I'm not sure how 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 it's received here. It is it is even it is known also here as a very groundbreaking film in terms of special effects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's good. I mean, it's it's still. I think it still has a lot of flaws, but just for that kind of energy, I think it's great. Um. Yeah. But I don't. I agree that it's not number. I mean, it's not top ten material. I think
0: Mr. Vampire coming in at number eleven. Love
1: uh, love that movie. Finally yeah. saw it
0: saw it last year. It was yeah. my number eight. Um, one surprising thing that I haven't seen that I thought would show up by now, uh, Peacock King. Um, that was a pretty big deal back in the in when, when I saw it. I mean, the theaters were sold out, basically. Mm. Um, big special effects, you know, cross-pollination film with, uh, had a Japanese actor, a couple of Japanese actors in it, and um, Yin Biao and, and others. It hasn't shown up on the list. I, I certainly don't expect to see it in the top 10, so...
1: Well, we do know that Yuen Biao is the most underrated martial arts actor, yeah, which has been mentioned multiple times.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, he says he's gonna release what the next five, um, and then uh, you guys can blame
1: me because I am kind of guiding, guiding Kozo when to also oh,
0: you're place. dragging this out. I am dragging you
1: this out. Bastard. I am dragging because <laughs> hey, hey, I got us talking, didn't I?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what comes up. I think top ten is is probably gonna be outside of my expectation, which is good, you know. Um so. I don't
1: Inferno first number one, so actually just no point in talking about number one anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh speaking of Mr. Vampire, I gotta th- I gotta I gotta um say out to Ken, uh, I finished listening to the I went back and listened to um some of the earlier vampire seasons after listening to the ultimate vampire one. And where they talked about, uh, Mr. Vampire 3 and, and Saga 4. And I gotta say, I'm, I'm sort of in the camp with Stu. I loved Saga 4, um, a lot more than, than some of the other ones. Um, I really loved the score and they talked to, they talked about the score in their podcast. And, um, I, I don't know. I liked the more comedic feel of it than some of the earlier ones. Um, of course the first one's still a classic and I wouldn't expect to see any of the others, um, you know, in the list, but four really stuck with me. And and Paul, do you want
1: to want to agree with you that it it, it is shocking why Mister Vampire One isn't out on Blu-ray, but number two is. That is so I
0: weird. You know, um, just to give a little context, I sent an email to Kozo and and to Kevin the other day because mm-hmm. I've been going around to different shops and I I keep seeing Mister Vampire Two out on Blu-ray, and I'm thinking, where's one? Uh, where's three? Where's four? And you know, I, I figure they must be selling out or something because everybody's just got two. And so I finally said, you know, I, I looked on Amazon.com, I looked on YesAsia, and I couldn't... Nobody's seen it, so I said, I'll ask the experts. And it's not out. Is that the is that the the, the final verdict?
1: It is the final verdict. They only released number two. I, I remember That's just very, so very clearly. Yeah, I remember very clearly. It's like, why did they release second before first? I don't understand. Yeah. I mean,
0: Kenneth is ask, Kenneth's asking. He says, Fortune, did Fortune Star lose the rights? But, I mean... I got the Fortune Star the the, the the they they were all released under the the DVD label, right?
1: Yeah, and Cameron Ronson actually is just Fortune Star's menu uh distributor. Fortune Star released all these Blu-rays. They yeah. all all the Cameron Ronson old movies Blu-ray. They all all the, the Fortune Star logo always pop up, so it is from the Fortune right. Star catalog. For
0: a while I was kind of hoping for, you know, cuz they did the box set with uh Project uh, RJ, yeah. Our police story. Uh, they did a box set with uh, Stephen Chow, uh, Chinese Odyssey, and and Royal Tramp. So I was kind of hoping for a Mr. Vampire box. Set. Not that you you don't get anything really. There's no extra features or there the nothing really comes with the box set. So it's just kind of a a thing. It's just a box. <laughs> you know, it's it's basically it's not even the even the cover art is exactly the same as the individuals. I think you can. I think if you go to some shops, you can get the box set for like maybe five Hong Kong dollars cheaper than Mm. if you buy all three individually. Right. Um, So there's no real advantage to it. But I was kind of, you know, thinking, oh, it'd just be nice to get all of them at one go. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, it's just number two is out there. I just thought that was really weird.
1: It is very strange, yeah. All right.
0: Uh, So yeah, more Love Hong Kong film stuff to come for the Top 80s poll. Next week's the big one. Yeah, we'll talk about more of that next week. For now, Kevin, you were at Filmart. Oh,
1: yes, yes. Uh, This week is uh, the annual uh, Film Mart, which is essentially the Hong Kong film market. Um, It is the biggest week uh, for Hong Kong film, I guess, because that's where all these, um, everyone puts out a booth and they sell movies and foreigners come to Hong Kong and and they apparently just wander around and act like the boss. Um, I was actually, uh, I I spent two days there around the area, but I was actually spending more time at the um, Asian Film Awards press junket than at the at Filmart, uh, because you know it's my chance, you know, to, I I, get to meet and I got to meet Anhui uh, and Yip. I got to meet um you know stars from Japan. I got to talk to the the star of the Separation. You know that that's a really big chance, and I because I did all that for Yes Asia. But I did attend a few press conferences because um a good thing to go to Filmart for uh in, in addition to the free movies, is um is the press conferences. Um, so I went to the Media Asia, uh, Media Asia one. Um, they have five movies on on, on Slate. Um, first, of course, Love and the Buff, which is coming out next week, uh, directed by Pan Uh Then also they have Motorway, which is produced by Johnny To and directed by Soy Chan. Um, everyone's waiting for this because it's been in like two years in the making. The stars were there. Um, Sean Yu, uh, Anthony Wong was not. Wilford Lau, Josie Ho, they were there to do a little, you know, to introduce to sell the film. Um. Also, um. Switch the heist film starring Andy Lau, um, Ling uh, Ling, and Zhang Chu. Andy Lau was actually in the room, and wow. he went up to stage. Yes, he was literally three rows away from me. He was right in front of me. He was like twenty feet. I was amazed. Was he? Um, was, he was he?
0: Was he? Had he reverted back to cool Andy Lau, or was he still in in sort of the simple life character?
1: Oh no! This is this so total charismatic. Andy Lau he was so because at the end of the introduction they wrote out this big big uh, painting which is the painting in the film and they're trying to roll it back up and the two girls on the side they're having trouble rolling it back up and because all the other actors they're already backed off only Andy is holding the middle the middle part, and he and he actually keeps holding the middle part while the girl is try- the poor girl is trying to roll this this thirty feet wide painting back up, so, and <laughs> even and even moving along to the backstage as they're moving off stage, Andy is still holding the middle. So it's like Andy's like the best best man
0: mm-hmm. ever, best man ever. Right. Andy Lau, best man ever. You know, speaking, I, I'm sorry to jump in. I there's yeah, a yeah. question that I've been dying to ask you, and and uh, I'm I know I'm gonna forget, so I'll, I'll ask it now. Okay. Um, the Andy Lau unforgettable. Uh, concert that's out oh. it's in a box set on uh, DVD and Blu-ray right. uh, did you go to the concert or do you have that set I'm just wondering if it's because it's always playing when I go into the local uh, video shop and I know a, quite a few of the songs that he's singing I'm not really one for you know concert DVDs or anything but I something's like drawn me into buying <laughs> it I don't know why
1: I, I'm afraid I did not Go to the concert or, or watch the concert because Andy Lau doesn't have any new new songs. Yeah.
0: Uh, or well, well song all, all his I, new uh, songs are for the T commercial, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't really do new music anymore. So I mean, rarely because he's so busy acting and things like that. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't really catch the okay. the concert. Um, okay, we're back to the actually Andy Lau was also there to push um, Johnny To's new film uh, Blind Detective, which has been in the making. Um, Sammy Chan was also there. So Andy and Sammy shared a stage, and they showed a, a very short making of the film, which includes um, Andy Lau holding a, sk- uh, a skull on his left hand and shooting off his gun on the right, and he's a blind guy, which is hilarious. Mm. But um, White Car 5 rides... Is and this any in, relation
0: uh, to Mad Detective?
1: No, no, but I think um, there's Detective a similar... Or Detective <laughs> I, I think tonally it is going to be somewhat similar to Mad Detective, I've been mm. told. Um, it looks dark, uh, but I think really comedic in that White Car, White Car 5 sort of way. Um, but that's only, they only done one third with that one. So that one is still, it will still take a while. And of course the, the last film, the fifth film is Guillotines, the Guillotines, uh, produced by Peter Chan and directed by Andrew Lau. Mm -hmm. Um, of course also starring Sean. Sean showed up on stage like three times because he has three different films on that same press conference. And, um, and Peter Chan is whining, is actually complaining that the shoot has already been finished uh, for six months and Andrew Lau still isn't done with the film. So no one knows when the film is coming out, hopefully the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. So these five films are, are, you know, very different films and very impressive. There was a trailer for Motorway that I was very impressed by. It looked, it looked, you know, good. It looked like a really cheap, uh, no Jackie Chan version of Thunderbolt because it's also about illegal racing. Um also, I went to other other press conferences. Sorry, I I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, the the press conference for uh, *Painted Skin: The Resurrection* does the sort of I guess, a follow up, not really a sequel, to the to the uh, supernatural uh, supernatural now, film. Now, when
0: you tweeted, you said you made it in time, but then you said you didn't see the the trailer. I missed the
1: trailer. I skipped I, I skipped on the trailer because I was trying to rush to see Anhui and Dini Oh, Yen. okay. Which is, I think, more important to me than seeing um, Min Yang and William Fung at the press conference. Um, but, I, you know, it's directed by Wu Shan. Um, it, it stars uh, the three original stars of the film. Uh, Aloy Chan, or Chan Kun, um, Zhao Shun, and uh, who's the other one? Zhao Wei, Mickey Zhao. Uh, so all three of them are in it. Uh, they did not go to the press conference. Then hmm. um, the film comes out on June 28th. And it looks pretty much done. The special effects, it looks very pretty. I can't say the same about the quality yet because uh, you you both you also tra- saw the trailer right, Paul?
0: Uh, yeah, I saw the, the yeah. link you posted, and then I believe my comment was, "No, Donnie, meh." I
1: don't know, yeah. Oh, even though Donnie is the best man ever, um, mm. and and uh, except when
0: Andy posted, Lau's in the room,
1: that's exactly. <laughs> uh, but to to actually to go to the painted skin press conference and the Dini uh junket, I missed the 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 trailer unvi- unveiling for um, the bullet vanishes. The, the uh kind of. Uh, it's a detective film starring uh, Nicholas Tse and Lau Cheng Wan, uh, directed by Law Chi Learn and produced by Derek Yi. Um, the trailer is also online. I th- I don't think I tweeted the, the 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 link yet. I'll tweet that later. A little bit. It looks like a China version of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's all I can say. If if and I mean the guy Richie Sherlock Holmes, not not the you know the good ones. So um you know that looks okay. But the most amazing press conference I went to yesterday was Saving General Yang. There's the um. Amazon, if Legendary Amazons didn't scare you off yet, um, there's the male version of the Yang story. This one, like, like one generation earlier, right? This is like kind of like a, if you have to put it in order, this is a prequel to Legendary Amazons. I hmm. understand correctly. Um, it's directed by Ro- Ronnie Yu or Fearless, uh, and it stars um, Adam Chang. And I'm talking about like TV actor, ex-wife like of... L- Lydia
0: Shum's husband?
1: Yes, ex-husband, Uh, a- Adam Chang. Um,
0: Isn't and he like... S- older than Kenny B.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's starting as a father. He's the father of the seven Yangs okay, Sons, or the eight whatever however many of them. But uh, Ikin Chen plays the, the 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 eldest son. The role originally supposed to go to Louis Koo but uh he hasn't he he, he was injured so he couldn't take the role so Eken Chen took over. Um Raymond Lam um who else? Uh So if, I, if I understand
0: the continuity is the Ikin Chen character supposed to be the same as Richie Ren and in- amazons or is that somebody different
1: i have no idea uh this one it, actually it might be richie no it, it should be it should be the husband of the john peype character i'm not okay. sure okay okay i'm it. not sure i i, I have so to it's like two check. generations removed then one yeah. or two generations essentially is before essentially it takes place before legendary amazons okay but uh you have of course a mix of youngs and old stars so um you can uh i got one different say let me i have the posters right here So Adam Chan plays the father, and his sons are played by, let's see, Igan Chang, uh, Vic Zhao, uh, Yu Bo, who is a mainland actor. Vic Zhao was one of the members of F4, the boy band. He was also in uh, Perfect 2. Li Shen, another mainland actor. Raymond Lam, yay. Um, Wu Jun, who was in uh, My Kingdom. And, And Fu Xinbo. Fu Xinbo is actually... The uh, boy band member who is a very young star, but a half-half cast, uh, produced by Raymond Wong, who was also there the press conference, and Ronnie Yu report. He said that making another martial arts film after uh, Fearless was his dream, and his dream came true. So while he was at the editing room, he was crying. So this this tells us a lot about what to look forward to about this movie. This movie should. Um, he just finished editing it. Uh, it's gonna get. There's apparently. 1,300 special effects shots that needs to be done. So um, he will be taking it to Korea uh, and that will come out in the second half of the year. Um, there was uh, a press conference schedule for, for Wang Jing's um, production company, but it got canceled. Uh, so I will talk about a couple of movies that he put up at the booth. This includes a martial arts film uh, choreographed by Samuel Hung and uh, starring Philip Ng, directed by Wong Jing Po. Hmm. My God. Interesting. Of- let's go and revenge a love story. Um, so those are a couple of, these are a couple of productions that are coming. Um, it's, Film art is great because then you find out what's coming. I didn't even need the free movies. I don't even want the free movies. All I'm really interested in is seeing these, what, what is coming and what's coming up and, you know, talking to to people and um, things like that. So I got what I needed.
0: All right. Sounds like you had a good time.
1: Yeah, I, I had more fun to junk it. Because, you know, yeah, for, for obvious reasons.
0: But you didn't get to see Andy Lau.
1: I saw Andy Lau. He's 20 <laughs> feet right in front. Of I went to the mediation, so he was right there. Andy, I was in the same room as Andy Lau and Sam McClendon. You San breathed Michigan.
0: the same air. We
1: breathed the same air. <laughs> it, it's amazing. I'll put Actually, I'll put a bunch of pictures from, from these press conferences uh, in the blog. I'll talk about, and I'll pretty much repeat what I just been talking about just mm. now. Um yeah. But uh, actually before we get to the next uh, news item I just found this news. Uh Kelly Chan just gave birth to her second second child. So congratulations to what? Kelly Chan. Yeah Kelly Chen has been pregnant for the last nine months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you know. <laughs> I, I I thought she already had the baby.
1: <laughs> this is the second baby. Actually that, actually her second pregnancy ended with um ended She had a miscarriage uh, right yes yeah, she had yeah. a miscarriage. So so this is the third third pregnancy and and um Shuri nicknamed him because the first kid was uh, a little shrimp dumpling and uh, apparently she nicknamed this one as a uh, xiaolongbao. So xiaolongbao is now born. So um uh, congratulations xiaolong. Welcome to the world, xiaolongbao.
0: Okay. Naming kids after dim sum. That's yes. great. Yes. All right. Uh well. Well, I'll I'll just talk because we're kind of running long on time for news, but um the Also happening over the weekend was the ACSSC, which stands for the, uh, I can pull out the book here, uh, the Asian Cinema Studies Society Conference. Um, This is sort of a big academic conference that's held in different parts of the world every so often, um, hosted by the Asian Cinema Studies Society, which is sort of a a group that looks at Asian film and they publish a journal uh, of academic writings, um, I think biannually. Um, And the society for the longest time has been uh, headed by uh, John Lent and a lot of other academics and scholars from, you know, different places, including the University of Hong Kong. And so they hosted it at the university uh, this year. So it was very convenient for me, meaning I didn't have to go anywhere or travel abroad. Basically, it's a weekend of, you know, academics getting in classrooms and presenting papers um, or, or works in progress, as it were, that they intend to get published on all all kinds of uh, Asian cinema. So, five days of academic stuffy tood if I could Woo-hoo! make a make up a word on the fly. Um, but I did get a chance to um, to meet some interesting people and to hear some very interesting papers. Um, and I just wanted to highlight a couple of them. On Saturday, for example, I got to meet Valerie So who actually was, you know, a friend of Ross, and she actually came out and watched the Wong Jing movie with us that we're going to talk about. I want to apologize um, to Valerie. Right yeah, <laughs> I think she had <laughs> yeah, a very she, interesting yeah. experience uh, with us. Um, but she's she uh, she's uh, well known in academic and filmmaking circles. She's also a bit of an independent filmmaker herself. She runs a blog called Beyond Asiaphilia, and uh, she's won, you know, a couple of awards for some of her writing there as well uh but she presented a paper called a god a king a god and a king um and she did a comparison between Chaoyun Fat and Shah Rukh Khan which was really really interesting um you know sort of compare comparing the emergence of these uh male icons out of asia and their their press into the west and trying to break into hollywood and the different approaches that they've each taken and found it to be very very interesting um let's see one of the other uh talks I attended was about um it looked at the uh, you are the apple of my eye and three idiots both films which we reviewed here last year sort of comparing the success and the themes between these two films in in hong kong in particular mm. um let's see on sunday actually a, f- a couple of former colleagues of mine uh presented a couple papers um on Wu and in particular on Donnie Yen. So there was a lot of focus on Donnie Yen and Danny. some of his recent works, uh, particularly things like The Legend of Chen Zhen and uh, the um, Ip Man films. Um, there was also one very interesting paper by uh, a young lady named uh, Wei Peng, uh, who's, I believe she works, said she worked at the Hong Kong Film Archive. Mm-hmm. And she did um, papers on um, the Hong Kong, what she called the Hong Kong zombie movies, uh, as a local global film genre. And it was all focused on sort of the Lam Ching-ying, Mr. Vampire movies. Um, and she had a very interesting discussion on, you know, sh- should they be called vampire films or zombie films, or should they just relegate to sort of the traditional Chinese name and let this become a loan word abroad? Because, you know, the Kyangsi is not really a vampire because it's got a lot of zombie-like traits, but it's not a zombie either. Because it has some vampire-like traits.
1: But it is undead.
0: Yes, it is undead. It, uh, yes. And but it but it also has its own rules um, mm. that it submits to that are different from the undead of the West. And you know the thing that kind kind of came into my mind was you know in in the United States, for example, the chupacabra is you know that's like a vampiric goat that that comes from South America. Did you say goat. I think so. It's like a goat or a dog or, <laughs> you know, um, but that's a, that's a case where the loan word has kind of been adopted by Western culture. And so some of the discussion revolved around that, but she did some very interesting comparisons of, you know, some of the different elements in, in, in the films. And it was really interesting to see somebody talking about, you know, something that was more relegated to popular culture rather than some of the artistic films of, uh, you know, people that you typically see like Wong, Wong Kar Wai and others. Um, And there was a workshop on publishing an Asian film by, you know, a a bunch of different authors. I got to meet Stephen Teo, who's the author of, um, what's the book he wrote? Uh, Yeah, Hong Kong, The Extra Dimensions, which is a really, Mm. uh, really good sort of overview of Hong Kong cinema history. Uh, Let's see, towards the end, uh, a couple other good papers. There was a whole panel on Anhui. And uh, the works that she's, she's done, including, you know, obviously some people talking about uh, a simple life and comparing it with um, things we were talking about, like the way we are and uh, night and fog. Um, whoops, sorry, phone's going off. Uh, and then the last panel I went to is actually one of the more interesting ones. Um, there was one young lady from the University of uh, Las Vegas in Nevada. Uh, named Bao Yang, and she was working on the return of the neighborhood comedy, Um, and she looked at the new sort of uh, Chinese New Year films, 72 Tenants, uh, I Love Mm. Hong Kong, and I Love Hong Kong uh, 2012, and comparing them with the original 72 Tenants and uh, some of the productions that actually came before the Hong Kong 72 Tenants. So she actually went through the whole history of where the 72 Tenants came from and and talked about some of the newer ways in which these are being represented and some of the things we've talked about you know the return of sort of the mainland elements you know where the mainlanders come in with all the money and save the day as one of the themes so some really really interesting papers and, and I got to meet meet some nice people it's really it's kind of neat to sit in a room where everybody's just so interested in in cinema even though it's you know it's kind of stuffy and kind of academic in many ways um, but it was really, really enlightening. Again, as I was telling Kevin before the start of the show, they have so many panels you can't see everything because there's basically from every... Each session will last about two hours. They'll have four people presenting within those two hours. And then they'll have at the same time in a different room another session running. So you kind of have to pick and choose what you want to see. So I did, there was a lot of stuff I didn't get to see because it was at the same time as a panel that I was sitting in. So I had to say, well you know, this one's got three, one, three films that are being, you know, three Hong Kong films. I just tried to focus on Hong Kong stuff because you've got people talking about Asian cinema. You've got people talking about Indonesian cinema. I learned this, this, um, this genre coming out of Indonesia, this horror genre called, the, uh, uh right? Which is about the sort of f- female Indonesian ghost or spirit of vampires. And this guy was showing clips and I was like, wow, that's amazing. I've never even seen this stuff before. I've got to kind of try and dig this stuff up. Um, but there's just, there's so much to see that you end up missing a lot, um, you know, because I tried to stay focused on, on Hong Kong cinema, so I didn't get to see a lot of the papers on other uh, cinema as much. But um, really good stuff, and I, I'm looking forward to the next one. The problem is is that the next one will probably be somewhere else, probably in Canada or, or uh, I don't know, the UK or somewhere, uh, and I'll have to travel to go see it. So it won't be as convenient, but I had a good time.
1: I would love to, I would love to go to these. I mean, I, I've been away from the academic world for yeah. a couple of years now, but Actually, it was very relaxing, too. They, yeah.
0: they had a couple screenings. I didn't go to the screenings because I was kind of like ditching out of work on, mm. you know, because today was sort of the last session, but the, the papers actually ended, uh, the, the presentations actually ended yesterday. So I was, like, I was like running from my office back up to Hong Kong U, and then I'd come back to the office for a while and go back when there was another panel that I wanted to see. And then I guess they sort of wrapped things up with a screening of Datong, The Great Society, Right. And they had the director there Evans Chan and they had a big panel discussion. And I was going to go to that, but I was feeling really tired <laughs> after work um and you know Hong Kong U is it's a far. great university, but it's far and you've got to go up a lot of steps and you know, it's kind of like you know, oh, yeah. if if you if you're familiar with the Led Zeppelin album cover with all the kids like climbing up the the, the steps and things, it's it's kind of like that. It's <laughs> a, it's an exhausting trip to get up there. Um, so, and, and then going home, it's like two hours to get back home from there for me. So I was like, "Ah, I don't think I'm going to stay for that, but it was really, really great. And, you know, if you're interested in cinema at all, um, especially Asian cinema from, from a sort of an academic perspective, um, I'd say, you know, just do a search online for the, um, Asian cinema studies society. I mean, they probably won't have another conference for at least another year or so, but, um, you can check out their journal. And, and some of these papers will probably get picked up by the journal later, um, and I'm looking forward to Because this is sort of like a trial run. People present their papers and their ideas, and then you've got journal editors who go to these, and they'll come and ask some people, you know, they're like, yeah, submit your paper to me. Uh, I'd like to publish it. And then, you know, they'll just, from the Q&A sessions, people asking questions about why did you use this theory to approach it and, and stuff, um, they'll get different ideas, and they'll go back and do revision. So it's sort of like a trial run for, you know, um, publishing papers. But mm. really interesting. Learned a lot. And if uh, if you're interested in that, I'd say, you know, look it up. All right. Let's talk about some movies, shall we? All right. You should write some papers, Kevin.
1: Oh, man. I'm, I'm way, way too far. This has been too long. I, I'm not even that intelligent anymore.
0: <laughs> you could write a paper I mean, on why the why Infernal Affairs is the best movie ever.
1: <laughs> I mean, my four years in Hong Kong had just lowered my IQ by about you know, <laughs> half. Back in America, I mean, undergrad, I mean, I was still in California. That California air is good for my brain, but now I'm back in Hong Kong. Yeah,
0: like, there's something in the air.
1: Dumb. I still watch Wong Jing movies. I mean, that just proves how dumb I am. Yeah. I think that's a what
0: zombie disease in and of itself.
1: <laughs> my Jiangxi, yeah. I'm gonna hop. I'm gonna hop up the dynasty next.
0: <laughs> trade. <laughs> All right, we've got a couple e Screen films to talk about this week. Up first, "Marrying Mr. Perfect." Um, this is coming, the latest from director Wong Jing, starring Ronald Cheng and Gigi Lung. Ronald Cheng plays a young and uh, very wealthy uh, executive named uh, Baby Ku uh, Ku Soyan, and Gigi Lung plays Winnie Yip. She's uh, sort of an OL, an office lady uh, working for this company. Um, in mainland China, I think they were in Beijing, right? Because uh, yeah, Beijing. Some of some of the they showed some of the architecture. I was, I was pretty sure it was That's Beijing. Right. And uh, basically, her company gets bought up by uh, Baby Ku Soyan and his, you know, huge conglomerate. And he decides he's going to go in uh, into the company undercover. And so he gets his manservant, played by Chapman To, his manservant's called uh, Ryan Sito. And so he, 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 he has he has them change roles. Uh, now, why he does this is because he's afraid that, you know, people are going to um, basically abuse him. And, and you know, he wants, to, he wants to meet people, but he doesn't want people to think he's rich. You know, so it's that old plot line. You know, it's like, I want to meet people, but everybody always just likes me for my money. Um, so he decides he's going to play sort of the manservant bodyguard role, and he convinces his manservant Chapman Toe to play the young boss. And so they enter into the company, and what do you think happens? But hijinks ensue. Of course, uh, Baby Ku soon falls for Winnie Yip, and the two start having uh, a bit of a relationship. But what will happen when she learns the truth? Because the one thing about Winnie Yip is that she hates when people lie to her. Have we seen this story before? Of course we have. Has we that seen th- this story before from Wong Jing? Of course we have. I mean,
1: that formula is older than my grandmother. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, it is. It, Wong Jing has run out of ideas, or he has decided he's not going to spend any time on new ideas at all. Um, this is the crazy company's formula. We've seen it in other films like, uh, I want to say, Tricky Brains. Um, and so if you've seen it done there you're seeing the same kind of stuff here. It's got a few sight gags that are different in places. Um, you've got the, um, i his name escapes me. The young kid who does the Stephen Chow impression from let's go. And, uh, we saw him in something else earlier. When Chow. Yeah. When Chow. Um, and, and I'm just, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, we're, enough with the Stephen Chow impression. We've, we've determined he's a good actor. He doesn't need to do that impression anymore. Um, but he basically just comes in full-on, full, full on, Stephen Chow, even with a fake wig to try and give him sort of the silver highlights that Stephen Chow's been sporting for, you know, since the handover. Um, so he's there sort of as a as a foil, as a rival, but he's got a very small role. And there, then there's a lot of ladies, uh, most of whom are... They're all mainlanders, right? Um,
1: uh, yes, except for... Let me think. Um, yeah, even Min Yao. yeah, Min Yao is a manager. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah so of, so
0: there's there there's lots of office ladies aside from Gigi Lung, um, who are there sort of as um, romantic foils. Um, uh, Chapman Toe's character falls for one of them, and she thinks he's like this lecherous boss, and of course she doesn't know the reality either. Um, women do some of the strangest things in the company. For example, they keep going to this place called the archive room to talk about women's stuff and to actually try on clothes. Uh, why they wouldn't go to the bathroom, I don't know, but it seems convenient because, of course, there's a scene where the guys are hanging over the building, uh, hanging off the side of the building on the w- window washer mechanism, and, of course, they get to see right in the archive room as, oh. as the women are changing, you know. Um, oh. So it's stuff like that that that's kind of really forced and, and set up, that trying to be funny. Some of the gags work a lot of them don't. A lot of them you've just seen before. Um, I like Ronald Chang. I mean, I really like his his earlier stuff. You know, Dragon Load loaded and things like that. But here he just really seems to be slumming. Um, he he. It's like you know, I don't know. Baby needs a new pair of shoes, right? So he just Many needed years. needed needed a paycheck. Um, Gigi. Uh, you know,
1: <laughs> she also needs a paycheck. I mean, she married. I think it might be an unemployed Sp- Spaniard. I'm not sure if he's employed <laughs> or not. Actually, I'm not even sure if he's a Spaniard, but he's European. But and he seems to be unemployed. So yes, he, yeah. he, What's up with that, needs- Ken? Ken. <laughs> Ken? What? <laughs> what? He's not from he's not from Spain. <laughs> no, but he's
0: European, right? Oh, uh, um, yeah. What
1: What do you know about European that marry Asian celebrities, Ken? <laughs> um.
0: Anyway, so Gigi's she's not, never really been a a big draw for me she's kind of been a non-starter. Uh I liked her in the the Labrazier film uh series but by the time they got to the the one where she Louching one as being the maid um she, that that kind of lost me too. We saw her most recently a couple weeks ago in the Allure of Tears and you know we we kind of made fun of her there and what she was doing there was actually funnier than a lot of the stuff she's doing here. Weirdly enough, I think her brother is played by Eric Zhang, and yes. or was it her sister? I could I couldn't figure no, no, out no, the it's relationship.
1: Sister-in-law, actually, Sandra Sandra Ng is a sister-in-law. Uh, right. Eric Zhang is is her brother. Yes. Right.
0: So so you've got some big cameos here. I mean, both Eric Zhang Sandra, and Sandra Wong Jing pulled them in somehow.
1: They're literally in one um, set. Only one set. No. Well, I mean, yeah that, two.
0: that 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 one that one they were in two scenes, but it was yes. basically one small uh, small room. Um, I, I'd say. Yeah, this is definitely a TV it. Um, if you, if you've never seen crazy companies, you know, it's a TV it or better yet, just go watch those because they have Andy Lau. Um, <laughs> and so you're, you're already better off in, in those cases. And those are done by Wang Jing too. So, you know, go back and see when he was doing this stuff for the first time and with, uh, a slightly more best man ever actor. Right. Uh, Kevin, what did you think?
1: Slightly best man ever. <laughs> um, Okay, um, this is Wang Jing's attempt at a at a mainland office comedy, uh, romantic comedy. It's it's kind of been all the all the rage in China right now. These uh, mid budget uh, office romances, uh, including Go, Let La, La Go and Love Is Not Blind. Um, and, and of course, if you're a mainland commercial film, you gotta show off the luxury. Uh, apparently, there were uh, Bentley was one of the product placements in the film. I was as uh, someone mentioned, uh, because if you look at all the cars in the film, that you know. Uh, It's all Bentley. And of course, private airplanes and and $40 million necklace and things like that. Uh, But the formula is so old fashioned, just like I said, it's older than my grandmother. And it's been used since since its 80s days. Um, It's a very thin, familiar story, and it's stretched out to over 90 minutes. In a way, it's kind of like Wong Jing's Dennis Law movie. Because you got these really random, senseless moments where, like, a character is sitting down and they go through all the formalities, like, oh, Mr. Irwin, uh, here, here, uh, he's coming right now in five minutes. And she's goes, yes, sure, okay. And then she sits there for another 10 seconds. Everything is so drawn out because the story is so thin, they need to stretch it out. And yeah, the whole thing is fused, draggy. Um, Chamonto is hilarious, but only in that. Um, if you if you see his comedies especially the wang jing ones you can't tell if he's delivering his lines seriously or not like like he knows it's not supposed to be taken seriously like he knows how much it sucks and he's like about to crack up so it's it, in that way it's really funny and i thought he's really hilarious but everything else is really flat it's almost lame cuz um you know the the plot is the same the conti- they can't even get continuity going you know like it will be one shot of like um, um, Gigi Lernan and Ronald Ronald Chan. Uh, they're facing the front and they're talking. And next shot is like their head is already like turned towards each other. And They're already like going in for the kiss. It's like did did, did I just travel in time? It was very really strange. Um, so so it's really lazy and more inept than usual. Wang Jing, um, for Wang Jing fans, TV it. Um I don't know why you'd be a watching fan anyway, so but I guess if you're nuts enough to do it, T V it. Uh, everyone else skip it. I really you know, I can't even I can't even, you know, gather the hate, true hate for this film. It's just so inept that, you know, yeah. don't don't watch it. it won't make your life better, I'll just say.
0: Well, I I would say I liked it better than Allure of Tears. So yeah. that's Actually
1: the thing about G. G Learn the thing about Gigi Learn is that um there was a blog entry for on um, Ryan's blog, um a Hong Kong film blog, that essentially GG Learn is on un- a streak of bad movies just as bad as Cecilia Chun.
0: If yeah, you know it, she, that's kind of She's also run.
1: Yes, but the only difference is that Cecilia Chun has the scandal, the extra external factor into it. That's why she is such a, she is such a, you know she she yeah. gets so much attention, but Gigi Lern movies G. 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 Have keeps been, her head
0: down, so she's not yeah. in the. But
1: her movies has just has been sucking just as much, and they've been making just as little money at the box office. <laughs> yeah. So she as well is box office poison. But of course Gigi Learn is a lot more humble, and she has the nice Spaniard guy or the nice European uh, gold digger guy. Yeah. So 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 she has a lot more positive publicity. But yeah, Gigi Learn really needs to get out of this funk that she's in. Um, and God.
0: just to clarify this film is um, no relation to looking for Mr. Perfect So it's, Simon Yam yeah Simon does not do a cameo it's, like it's not not a, not a sequel um, I was
1: yeah I'm disappointed that it wasn't but yes
0: uh, the Shu Chi film directed by Ringo Lam produced by Johnny Tone not, not a great movie either but probably but totally fun more fun than, than fun. this yeah
1: oh hell of a lot of fun yes <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Kevin. You're going to tell us about our next East Screen film, the Japanese movie "Love Strikes."
1: Yes. Uh, also known as Moteki. Uh, Moteki is a term. Uh, apparently, is a, is a is a pop culture term uh, that refers to um, a period when someone has a lot of romantic interests. So uh, the story is very simple. The TV is it was originally based on a mon- uh, a comic series, um, and the comic series was adapted to tv by um director one one let me see i have it here one hitoshi and uh he did a 11 episode 12 episode uh series actually each episode is only half an hour it's a it's a late night show which means you have nudity you can do a little more you can go a little more naughty um and of course with a a, a story like this about a, a kind of an um a nerd a pop culture nerd who gets the attention of four very beautiful ladies of course you can go a little little naughty um so I'm not going to ruin the end of the TV show, but essentially the film version is a new story that is not part of the comic book. The, the One Hitoshi has created a new story that's essentially a condensed, kind of like a condensed um, version uh, of the same formula. Um, again, it's about Yukio, who is um, a guy who is heading into his 30 years old. He's still kind of a ver- he's still a virgin. He's a pop culture nerd who listens to a lot of music and has become um, a news writer for a website. Hey. Hey. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he he is single. He has no money. He has no um, no aspirations. But he has found a job he likes, unlike uh, in the TV show. Um, but uh, he has no, of course, has no girlfriend. Uh, but he somehow gets into a new Moteki, a new period where he is the he becomes the center of attention for these um, four girls. Um, the sort of the boss of the mall is Miyuki, um, played by Nagasawa Masami. Um, she is um, a very cute girl who has similar interests and essentially really the, the boss the boss of these four girls, the, the, kind of the number one goal for him, but, uh, but she has a boyfriend. Um, there's also Kumiko playing Rumiko. Rumiko is uh, Miyuki's friend, kind of an older girl, uh, more mature, a little more introverted, um, but actually really, really likes Yukio. Uh, there's Ai, a hostess who works at a bar. Uh, who is really good listening to people, and there's also Maki Yoko playing uh, a coworker, really mean, mean-spirited co-worker. And essentially, the, these archetypes are similar to those in the show. The show, the four ladies are played by um, actually a bigger cast. Hikari Mitsushima from Love Exposure, Ringo Kikuchi from Babble, um, uh, and two actually more model-like actors, and they aren't as big, but I can't recall the name right now, but actually the TV show, a bigger cast, and the relationship a little more, a little more um, complicated. Returning from the show uh, includes uh, Lily Frankie, the author, um, playing uh, this for playing essentially his boss, who is very very good with the ladies, who essentially sleeps every any any girl he meets, um, and he's kind of not really the antagonist, but he's kind of that that guy who who gives him who gives the main character trouble, um, and also his best friend who. Um, who is much a much bigger character in TV show? He only appears in one scene here, which is kind of strange. Um, for fans of the show, I'm not sure anyone has seen the show, so but I'll just mention it right now. Visual tricks: the visual tricks from the show is repeated. There's a lot of different little visual uh, tricks to 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 kind of give make the story very pop culture related. Like the shows, uh, the like the screen would suddenly become a karaoke video to to play the song, and then as the song is playing, the karaoke style lyrics comes up. And that explains to you the state of the character, uh, on-screen text. Um, Yukio is kind of this unreliable narrator, and of course, there's a dance sequence where he dances through the street to the same song as he did in the TV show. Um, a lot of repeat like that, but it's still very inventive. And I think the show uh, uh, fans from the TV show will, will will find it amusing because you know it's repeated from the show, and they'll find how how it's handled here. Um, newcomers though they won't have much trouble because essentially the the formula is repeated. Um, they will miss some running jokes maybe um, and they won't understand two of the current characters but the style will be fresh and essentially it is a, a new story um, and more about the visual style the end credit sequence is great it is done in the the, uh, the window is kind of like a, like a YouTube timeline in a way so it is going up you got the video of a, of a concert and then you got the, the, the credits coming up as like the text box in YouTube and that kind of tells you about the pop culture connection and also the visual inventiveness of, uh, of uh, Onehitoshi. Uh And just a side note, as a, as a big Twitter guy, Twitter plays a very huge part in the film. So, so that, that even is kind of bigger for me, why I even connected to this movie more. Um, also a huge part of the film, uh, Japanese pop music, which is also a huge part of the show. Um, again, a great selection of music here. The soundtrack for both the TV series and the movie is already in my shopping cart ready right to buy them. Um, but at the same time, it's not really just um, about shallow visuals. It's actually a lot about, there's a lot of raw emotions about, a lot of raw observations about modern urban dating, um, especially when you have a really complicated web of relationship as this one. Um, Yukio isn't always a, a likable character. He is kind of a nerd and he does get very shy and, and he makes very silly decisions based on, you know, pride or, or his prejudice. And of course, because there are four girls in the running he can only go with one of them, which means he has to make some really cruel choices and and do some really cruel things. But in, in a way, he is a very real character. Um, he is likable, but at the same time, he does some really, for lack of a better word, douchebag things. Um, but as the film kind of gets into more serious territory in the last half hour, the movie runs about 118 minutes, which is a little long for, for a drama whose uh, each episode runs only 30 minutes. This is a little long. It does drag a little bit in the last half hour as, as it kind of gets serious. But, it, it is a hilarious film. I, I love the visual style. I love the pop culture connection. I love the music. It is, um, I think, I haven't seen much Japanese film this year, but it is one of my favorite films, Asian films of the year already. Um, so yeah, de- definitely see it. I think, Paul, I think you get a get a kick out of
0: it. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to get out and see it. I was hoping to get out earlier this week, but um, with all the stuff going on that we already talked about, haven't been able to, but I do plan to hopefully get out and see it. Is it approachable, though, for somebody who has not seen the series or the manga?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, because essentially, it is the formula repeated. Hmm. Um, there's a, a extra layer of humor because because of them repeating certain you know jokes or visual 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 gags. But if you haven't seen the show and you see it, it feels it feels very fresh. It is very inventive, and it does it does repeat the style of the show, which is the best thing about the movie because the show was so visually inventive, especially for a television drama.
0: Hmm.
1: So it, it's a ton of fun.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Um, guys in the chat room were talking about lots of stuff, and because we were talking about, um, looking for Mr. Perfect, Kenneth, uh, popped in with a question, where's Ruby Wong, uh, Wong Chuk Ling?" Um, it's me. She disappeared after 2004, I mean, I'm looking at the Love Hong Kong film website, the last listing they have for is Infernal Mission 2004. I, th- I thought I might have seen her recently in a brief cameo in something, I don't remember if it was on TV... Or in a movie, but then again, I could be mistaken because I was also screening um, uh, "Women from Mars," and you know she's in that where our friend Michael Wong says this. Where's Michael Go? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was she was his uh, his uh, squeeze in that film. Let me check. Ruby Wong. I'm gonna. Do people still say squeeze? Is that still ex- acceptable?
1: Let me, let me try this. She's my squeeze. No, no, no one says it anymore. No, sorry. <laughs> she was in PTU, yo. Yeah, She was in PTU, yeah, was which in... actually we don't know. you don't know when she made that because that movie took like five years. Yeah, but it,
0: after that it's a, it lists Infernal Mission, and I'm wondering if that killed her career because it tried to be Infernal Affairs, and no yeah, movie sorry, can guys, be Infernal not, Affairs.
1: Exactly, that <laughs> movie was not Infernal Affairs, I'm afraid. Okay, Ruby Wall, Wikipedia, okay.
0: I, my my assumption, and I, this is a complete assumption, is that like many young starlets, they have a run for a decade or so. They find a rich husband and uh, they get married and retire.
1: Yes. Because um, that that's yeah, basically yeah. her. She she
0: you know she had about, about a decade of, of film work and that that's it, right?
1: Yeah. It says here, two thousand and five, she got married and then slowly faded out of the entertainment industry. Yeah.
0: So. Lucky guess by me. <laughs>
1: Oh, ha, ha. Picking Actually, the Mark Six. Didn't <laughs> you have to say this is a problem because um, so many young actresses are, because because of the com- because people, you know, audience like younger, younger cast, younger looking actors. So then you know many actresses just tend to fade yeah. out after after a while, and
0: or or they make the move back to TV and yes, uh, they stick with uh, TVB.
1: I just saw a really great picture of her, and by great I mean not so lindy. But anyway, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Yeah, um, you may want to direct that link to to, to uh, Canada.
1: <laughs> you know, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Category three coming in the chat room. No, just kidding. All right. Um, so that's it for East Screen. Why don't we move on and talk very briefly, because we're kind of running up against the time window for some uh, West Screen. East Screen, West Screen. So for West Green this week, I wanted to come back and talk a little bit about the film that I mentioned last time, uh, Game Change, which is the HBO-made film uh, coming from director Jay Roach and produced by uh, Tom Hanks, among others. Um, Jay Roach, uh, if you've followed his work, um, he's done quite a, quite a variety of different things, uh, including... Um, recount, which is, was uh, sort of the the film about the 2000 election, the controversy that happened in my home state of Florida, um, where there was a problem with the ballot boxes and the hanging chad and and these kinds of things that was uh, so much in uh, in debate during the, this was the George Bush and Al Gore election uh, back in 2000. And uh, when that happened, I was flying to Hong Kong And I remember I had a very interesting conversation with some some uh, local Chinese people after Bush won, and they found out that I was from Florida. They're like, "What happened?" (laughs) (laughs) They were kind of blaming me that Bush got elected. Union, Um, union. but uh, yeah, he directed recount in two thousand and eight. He's also done Meet the Fockers, Austin Powers. Uh, He did the Austin Powers film. So, yeah, baby. Um, Hmm. So he's done quite a variety of stuff, but of course he, he does some serious stuff. And so here he's done. Uh, Game Change, which, as I mentioned last time, basically is focusing on the McCain-Palin ticket and how that came to be back in uh, 2008 when they were running against Barack Obama. Uh, The film stars Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin, Woody Harrelson as Steve Schmidt, who is John McCain's sort of uh, top-level campaign advisor, um, Ed Harris as John McCain, and uh, you also get uh, Peter McNichol. Um, some people might remember from, uh, I think he was in Ally McBeal, and who I remember all the way back from when he was young in the Disney days as uh, a character in one of my favorite movies, Dragon Slayer, um, who's also who's, one, uh, of, one of sorry, the...
1: He, he was a straight guy in Mr. Bean movie.
0: Oh, was he? Yes. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, I would yeah. remember something. Mr. Bean, <laughs> kind of forgettable. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Peter McNichol, he's always great in the, in the stuff he does. I like him very much as an actor. Um, this is a top-notch HBO film. I mean, it really is up there, uh, with, uh, you know, things like Game of Thrones and and some of the other stuff that they've been putting out. I mean, in terms of quality, in terms of the star power, um, the film itself, as I said, it talks about how McCain came out, um, for the race. Originally, he wanted to pick up, um, his friend, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, and he's always in the news gosh darn it uh congressman lieberman that's it Uh, joe lieberman who's who's Mm -hmm. who's uh sort of an independent um but his is a good friend of john mccain and and john mccain wanted him to be the running mate and the party the republican party was totally against it so they um were looking around and as the the film shows it you know with with some of the hubbub about hillary hillary clinton that was because she was one of the democratic um candidates that was you know running for the nomination at the time they the the the, the, the story goes that they figured they needed to get women back in the de- dem- demographic somehow so they looked for a woman and they came up with palin but it was a it was a rush job they didn't really vet her as well as they should have they didn't really check her background um, and so she comes on and she's very gung-ho uh, about it and then slowly what starts to happen is that as as this stuff you know, some of the problems that come out because of her very quick vetting process, um, it starts to unravel and starts to look, you know, bad against the McCain campaign. And it starts to show her in a somewhat skewed manner. So it does skew against Palin, not overly so, not as much as you would expect a very direct liberal film to do. Um, but it does show her as sort of being a fish out of water, uh, a little bit in way way over her head, and and really not ready for the national stage she just did not seem to be a well-informed um a well-educated person for the position of vice president let alone president that's how the film depicts her now how much of that is reality and how much of that is the narrative and how much of that is the research that comes from the novel uh, game change that this book is based on i cannot tell you but it does prevent pre- present like i said a, a slightly skewed look against her but it also shows her as a woman who's very, um, you know, dedicated to her family, and and is is you know not willing to really play the political games that are kind of cast upon her, and somebody who has very clear vision and a very strong charisma, very Reagan esque, in her you know her ability to present things and and to present information when she knows what she's doing. Um, the interesting thing is that. Uh, there's a lot of footage here that's real footage, right? There's a lot of footage that is actually like um, real real interviews with um, people on the other side. You, you've got the real convention speech by Barack Obama, and then they'll cut to some of these staged pieces by the actors. So it, it kind of has a weird feeling, especially if you're somebody who followed a lot of that stuff like I did because I'm a little bit of a political junkie, as I've mentioned before. Um, so I, I tend to follow the campaign speeches. I'm very fascinated by the stuff going on right now with the Republican campaign. And I, and I like seeing, you know, all these candidates get up and, and lampoon each other. Um, there's a really great YouTube thing going around right now where it's, it's a mix of Mitt Romney and the Eminem song, um, called, will the real Mitt Romney please stand up? And it's just, <laughs> I was just cracking, cracking up and I'm, I can't wait to show it to my students. Um. But, th- you know, this is a film that's got really great performances. Woody Harrelson is sort of the central character here. It's not really about John McCain so much. It's really about um, his, his campaign planner, uh, Woody Harrelson, who plays this character, Steve Schmidt. And he gives an outstanding performance. I mean, all the leads are great. Um, and so if you like any of these people, I think you'll be very pleased with, um, with what you see. It's very well written. It's got a, it's got a solid pacing. Um, and it basically just takes you through the campaign. If you know the history, you kind of know where it's going. And what you're looking for, not so much is the resolution, because you know what, what ends up, but you're looking at how did they get there. And you're looking at some of the critical moments um, that occurred along the way, some of the key controversies that came out, some of the things that happened to McCain during the period. So from a sort of a historical perspective, it's a very interesting fiction. You know, again, I'm not sure how much of it's fact. Um, I can't really speak to that, but knowing if, what I know about the campaign and the things I saw at the time, and seeing this, I just I was really really interested in, it and I thought it was really good. So um,
1: how long is the film again? Um, I it, may have asked this last time. It's
0: a it's a two hour film, you know. Okay, so it's not like a mini series. No, or... no, not at all. It's just a standard a movie. Um, they you know they did one last year uh, with um, William Hurt, and it was all about the financial tsunami um i can't remember the name of that one was really good too and i remember mm-hmm. we talked about it briefly but you know this is not for everybody but if you know who palin is i think you'll get something out of it you don't have to be a be a political junk a junkie like me because the, the performances are really good and i think if you like people like Woody harrelson and julianne moore um you, you'll get some stuff out of it. they they you know they they show some of the snl stuff so you know tina fey you know they show her doing the lampoon and then Julianne Moore playing Sarah Palin reacting to Tina Fey playing Sarah Palin, so it's kind of meta in a few places. Um, but it, it's an, it's not for everybody. But like I said, if you know who Palin is, I think you'll 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 enjoy it because it is a, it is a story about uh, about people more than politics in some ways. It, it doesn't get really heavy politically. Um, it, it's comparable to the Ides of March, except it doesn't have sort of this overarching. Uh, drama that picks up so in some ways it's a little bit more entertaining uh from that aspect so i'd say definitely see it um if you get a chance to it should be playing on hbo um uh, repeatedly i guess for a couple months before it ends up you know hitting the the netflix and the videos um and and things like that so if you get a chance you're interested in politics check it out
1: yeah i'm very excited about it, it may sound very excited yeah.
0: You're listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Visit congcast.com for more. Uh, so we did have one comment. Uh, Gary Lau wrote back and he said, I hate to be the guy correcting Paul again, but I believe Underworld Awakening is not directed by Len Wiseman. So I, I guess I mentioned Len Wiseman as the director, and that is incorrect. Um, he points out it was directed by two European guys whose names I can't even pronounce properly. Uh, and I think Len was, he says, I think Len was busy with pre-production on Total Recall in Toronto. And I, so I think Len is the producer. He directed the first three films, and uh, mm-hmm. but he produced the fourth one, and it was a duo of directors. Uh, Ken points out, yes, they were Swedish directors. Um, so yeah, if I, if I did that in error, like I always do, I'm always making errors. uh, I do apologize. Uh, A little bit of self-correction here. And I thank Gary for picking that up and pointing that out. Um, so yeah, if you would like to write in and be part of the show, um, you know, head over to concast.com and that's where you can check out some of the comments and the conversation that goes on there. Of course, we would love to hear from you on Twitter, You can, or on iTunes. You can stop by iTunes and leave us a review there. Or on Twitter, twitter.com slash concast is the uh, site to, you know, follow along with usually news and things. But if you're, if you're more interested in some of the more mundane things that I talk about, twitter.com slash foxlore, or for Mr. Mowat's twitter.com slash the golden rock. And I would urge you to follow him because he usually has a lot of Interesting stuff coming out, particularly about um, you know uh, press conferences and things like film art. And he's going to be all over the international film festival. It's getting ready to start. Um, so a lot of really, you know, he, he's much more interesting to follow. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I oh. try. I tried tweeting no. the. I tried, tried tweeting the academic conference, and I was the only one talking about it. <laughs> I thought, you know, ah. academics, right? They're in so they're into social media. There's going to be tough people talking about this. You know, I couldn't even find a Twitter account for Hong Kong U. I kept doing <laughs> hashtag HKU and it was like something about like some European grunge band or, or, or something really weird. It wasn't what I was expecting. Um, oh, you know,
1: that's because they all use Weibo. You're you're totally missing out on this. this why, would Hong Kong, why would why would Hong
0: Kong U use Weibo?
1: Yeah, Hong Kong because it's Chinese language microblogs. Is a Yeah, the, but Hong the,
0: Kong U is is an English based university i mean all yeah, of their but not
1: many people use use twitter in hong kong you'd be surprised um hmm. uh, very little locals very few local people use 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 twitter because of the english interface they use they all use weibo because well plus there's very really all the celebrities yeah are. but
0: you know it's like a lot of the yeah. there were a lot of students coming a lot more exchange students i mean you know people from the west a lot of um uh, ABC students, some expat kids there. Uh, I would just have, even a lot of the visiting lecturers, people from Singapore, from Australia, from the US. I figured, you know, Twitter would be the place and nobody was saying anything. I was the solitary voice on Twitter and nobody cared. Oh, well. I'm proud of you, Paul.
1: <laughs> I'm proud of you.
0: Thank you. I am just a humble shadow of uh, the, the journalist that you have become.
1: No, no, please. I'm also one of the meanest guys on, 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 on Twitter. So. <laughs>
0: Um so, yeah, yeah okay. racist
1: joke. I just I just I just re I just what was the word I, I didn't tell the joke, but I, I just reiterated or I, I quoted the joke just for that. I'm like what well, <laughs> of the meanest man on, on Twitter.
0: Um well what do you have going on this week? You're 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 heading out into the film festival. Right? I am
1: hitting the film festival. It starts it all starts tomorrow night and it is essentially a daily trek for the next sixteen days. Uh I will be watching a movie every day. And that also... Of course, you have to also add the theatrical releases because I'm trying to catch Love and the Buff this weekend. And I'm looking at a midnight show right now. So it's... Yeah. Um, it's going to be pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, well, if you are out there, dear listener, and you're coming to the Hong Kong International Film Festival, I mean, look Kevin up on Twitter. Send him a tweet and, uh, you know, arrange a meetup. And uh, Oh, you
1: know. I will probably have my headphones on and, and, and looking at my iPhone. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you want to... <laughs> Bother me, uh, or I would I will. I would rather prefer to say hi than rather to be said hi to. So, yeah. but, but yes, that will be. Yeah, if you contact me, if you guys are in town, it will be. cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll be looking forward to uh, all of your thoughts and feedback on the stuff that you see. When, Definitely. When we come back um so yeah uh, hong kong international film festival starting this week on the heels of film art and all this other stuff that's been going on so it's gonna be crazy town for us for the next couple weeks we are gonna try and get some shows out but because kevin is going to be so busy between both work and the film festival uh we're not really sure what the release schedule is so if you go over to the website and you look at the calendar you'll see that the, the coming shows have not yet been scheduled for either the live stream um, or the release, you know, I try and have usually have the, the, the podcast released throughout the week. Um, we're, we're hoping to keep at least one per week coming out, but that may not happen as has been indicated in years past. It will and all I really apologize. depend on, you know, schedules. But, of course, um, Kevin's got a lot of tickets, a lot of things to see. And, you know, he'll come back and share with us at least in uh, a couple weeks.
1: I mean, two weeks, I'll probably just crash and skip. The rest of my movie, so I think I think we we can, we can be comforted that by the fact that I will be wasting tickets and I will be back to we'll be back here to our regular yeah. schedule. Um,
0: okay. so yeah, See? we'll look forward to that. Um, of course, you can always listen to us on your iPhone. Go back and listen to old episodes if you're that if you're so inclined. Um, on your Android phone, your BlackBerry, and your webOS OS phones, you can find us on Stitcher to do that. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com because it's Stitcher Smart Radio, and it's the smarter way to listen to radio. We thank them for their support. And, of course, I want to throw out additional thanks to Rob Govers of Snauzer Studios, Ross Chen of lovehkfilm.com, uh, The K-Man for all that he does here on the show, and, of course, all of you, the listeners. The next show, not sure when it's happening, um, but looks like it'll be episode 104, and we've got Love Lifting, which it looks like one of the strangest movies I've seen a trailer for in a long time a romantic dramedy between uh, Elaine Kong and Chapman Toe where Elaine, little Elaine Kong is playing a powerlifter. Right? You know, do I do I, I, I have I swear d- she she, d- is
1: stuffing, she is stuffing she's stuffing those arms. I'm she's, you, she's stuffing the arms.
0: Just it's I mean of all the actresses you can pick you're going to pick a little twiggy girl like Elaine Kong and say yeah she's a Olympic powerlifter or a professional powerlifter. Uh so <laughs> That's coming up, uh, along with a lot of other stuff. Um, some other stuff coming for West Screen as well. Uh, Hunger Games. You know, I don't know. I was chatting with a friend on Twitter, Mr. Sandy Lung, former uh, uh, former correspondent for a lot of, you know, the stuff going on in the f- film festival here and and much uh, entertainment news in, in Hong Kong. He still runs a blog over at the Love Hong Kong film site. But um, he was asking me about Hunger Games. And I was, I was like, I don't know. Uh, from everything I've read, it's basically battle royale, given the Twilight, uh, uh, given the Twilight spin. What, what have you heard, Kevin?
1: That's how I, that's how I'm spinning it. But I, I have never, I, you know, it's like Twilight. It totally came out of nowhere. I am so out of the loop that I had no idea that there is this thing yeah. that exists. Well, that it's, it's totally all, it's all the big, royale. it's
0: like the big thing now. It's replaced the Twilight books since those, I guess, have ended and i it you know i t- basically said it doesn't look like i'm going to be uh doing anything with it um if my wife wants to go see it i'll go see it you know she was she we went and saw the first 3 twilight films and after that she quit she was like i'm done <laughs> and well, i said okay I'm, i have no problem with that you are a good man um, and she is a good woman and she's a great woman sure. you know yes. any woman who chooses underworld movies over twilight aces in my book but uh <laughs> um yeah if she wants to go see it of course you know I, i'm i'm all for accompanying her. And she goes to watch things like uh, Iron Man and The Avengers with me. And uh, so, yeah, I'll be okay. But other, if she says no, then uh, I'll wait and maybe catch it one day on a rerun or something on TV. Um, so, yeah, there'll be love lifting. Maybe that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, some, some other stuff coming out. We've got The Avengers coming next month. That's big, big news here. They've already got lots of promo up for it all over Hong Kong. Um, so lots of stuff coming up. And, of course, Kevin back with the International Film Festival Reviews of stuff he's seen Love and the Buff and, and a lot of Hong Kong stuff coming too all of that and much more on our next show whenever it happens but it will happen we promise that until then this is East Screen West Screen wishing you good viewing and we'll see you hopefully next week or the next week or the next week but we will see you we promise
1: yes and we'll see you if I live
0: <laughs> yeah and if we don't then Michael Wong will come and uh, take our goo I, go. <laughs> I thought you could do the scream! <laughs>